Good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are. My name is Darren Joseph from HGGA.tax. We're the team that seeks to demystify the sometimes confusing world of international tax compliance, particularly for those who may be U.S. exposed. Uh, have a look at our website. We have over 2,000 articles in our YouTube channel. We have over 1,000 videos that speak to different aspects of international tax for those of you who live that international lifestyle. Today, we're joined by the one and only international tax badass, Mr. Jimmy Sexton, who is based in Dubai. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I have, have okay. my LLM, but uh, I'm, I'm an international tax advisor. Gotcha. Thank you very much. What are your thoughts on flat theory? Well, I mean, I think, I think in general, I would say I'm in favor of it, right? I think I think the whole premise behind flag theory is, you know, you kind of want to decentralize everything. You kind of want to mm -hmm. have where you live be different from where you're a citizen, from where you hold your assets, from where your businesses are, and that makes a lot of sense in, in diversification, right? I mean, if you're if you live in one, if you have everything in one country, right? You live there, you're a citizen of there, all your savings is there, your business is there, everything is there. You know, if you get sued or, or, or war breaks out in that country or something happens, you have all your eggs in one basket, right? And so I think the idea with, with, with flag theory is you sort of spread this stuff out a little bit and you're minimizing the risk. And I think that overall that that's, that's a very good idea. I mean, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the, the the notion that you get a lot of benefit of being a citizen of one country and a resident of another country. I don't really see the asset mm -hmm. protection value in that, but I do mm -hmm. definitely see the value of having, you know, banking in, 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 in one jurisdiction. Maybe you have your entities incorporated under the laws of another jurisdiction. Maybe you have investments in another jurisdiction. I definitely do feel that that adds a lot of value. Uh, I think one of the things that you have to be a little bit careful of is I think some people take flag theory to the extreme and yeah. they really break things up a lot, mm. right? And yeah. by doing so, you add a lot of administrative burden and a lot of cost, right? I mean, every mm -hmm. every company you open, every trust you open, every banking mm -hmm. relationship you open, every residency you get, everything that adds an additional cost, additional requirements, additional um, you know administrative burden. And you, I've, I've just seen situations where people have taken it to such an extreme that it's almost, you know, half their life has been managing their, their flag theory because how it's set up, right? So I think there's a bit of a balance there. But, but overall, I think the strategy is spot on. Right. But having said that, and bearing in mind your optimism on the U.S. Uh, economy, right, is there like less of an advantage to the average American as opposed to someone from somewhere else in the world? Because, yes, we've had in the U.S. some challenges with the banking system, particularly earlier this year. But it's noteworthy that nobody lost money, right? They, yeah. they, the Fed, the government made them whole. So, you know, in terms of banking and, and you know, another thing that I point out, we have something like probably two or three customers, clients coming to us each month with expatriation on their mind or who's going to carry it all the way through. So that is giving up the U.S. passport green card. And one thing we point out and we give them cases, you know, from just our experience where having that U.S. passport and having the air of the U.S. embassy has literally saved lives. Given given that, do you, do you think for the average U.S. person, there is less of an incentive to embrace flat theory than otherwise? I mean, I think, I think, I think one of the big, I think for an average American, uh, flag theory can be a little bit cost prohibitive um, because as soon as you start opening up foreign bank accounts and foreign trusts and foreign companies and all of this stuff, 
Uh, one, the complexity of how those things are taxed becomes extremely complex. And as you know, there's a there's a ton of reporting that needs to go on, right? I mean, all the different information reporting and all that stuff that needs to be done. And the, the consequences of getting it wrong comes with high penalties, right? And I think one of the things that you also have to keep in mind is even if you're doing it right, you know, if you were to get audited, it's going to be a complex audit that's also going to be very costly. And I think now the IRS got this, you know, additional new funding. They want to hire 87,000 yeah. new people. And I yeah. think that they're going to be auditing a lot of people. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of the audits that they do might not even be justified, right? I think they're going to start picking, you know, they promised to go after high net worth individuals because they, they seem to believe that they're, they're all tax cheats, which, which I, I don't think is the case, but I think yeah. it's, uh, you know, good marketing. And so I think they're going to be picking returns that uh, fit certain criteria. And so I think high net worth individuals that have things overseas fits the bill for exactly what they want to be auditing, right? And so you also have that in increased compliance risk, potentially an increased audit risk. So I think for the for the for the average for the average American, um, it might not make economic sense. You know, that, that being said, though, you know, I've also seen a situation. I mean, I remember I remember a, a situation probably 15 years ago or so mm -hmm. where I had a, a client it was a U.S. client, had a U.S. company and the IRS accidentally levied his corporate bank account and cleaned it out. Oh. Right. Wow. And so, you know, he had most mm. of his money in the corporate bank account. The yeah. IRS cleaned it out. He bounced his checks for payroll, for rent, for everything else. Um, mm. I, I mean, the IRS eventually returned the money. Uh, mm -hmm. because it was a wrongful levy, but mm -hmm. it doesn't change the fact that it caused him some significant economic harm and some reputational harm, right? I mean, it is, mm -hmm. paychecks were bouncing, rent checks were bouncing. Now, mm -hmm. had that money, some of the reserve money, not been in that corporate account, been in in an account overseas and held within a mm -hmm. foreign trust or something like that, mm -hmm. that wouldn't have happened. So mm -hmm. I, I think that there there is value in it, but it has to be weighed against the compliance risk and, and, and the the additional cost and administrative burden of, of administering flag theory. Mm. And closely connected to the idea of flag theory, at least in some discussions, is the idea of being a perpetual nomad. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think being a perpetual nomad has, has become a little bit more difficult in terms of, of practicality, right? I mean, mm -hmm. a, a lot of, a lot of countries, uh, I mean, especially when you look at banking, right? So, so banking, mm -hmm. A lot of banks nowadays want to know where are you tax resident. So mm -hmm. if you're, you know, just because a lot of people don't realize that having residency, which is the legal right to reside somewhere, mm -hmm. is not the same thing as being a tax resident somewhere, right? Like if you take mm -hmm. the UAE, for example, as long as you have a visa, you're a legal resident, but you're not a tax resident unless you spend 90 days a year there and meet a few other requirements. So a lot of banks nowadays want to know where you're tax resident and they want to see proof that you're a tax resident. So being a perpetual nomad, causes some complication with that. Um, it can also cause some complication with obtaining visas for certain countries, right? The US potentially being one of them. Like I've seen I've seen situations where people have expatriated and their second passport was not a passport that offered visa waiver. So they needed to obtain a, a US visa. But because they couldn't prove that they were firmly resettled somewhere and really had roots there, the US denied them the visa, right? So and other countries can work the same way. So I think you really have to have to look at how that works practically these days. I think that it's going to become 
more and more difficult to be a, a perpetual nomad going forward as, as, as banks and tax authorities and everything want to see that, that you're, you know, that you're really rooted somewhere. I think the other potential risk is, you know, if you're not, let's say, a tax resident anywhere, um, mm -hmm. every country has its own residency rules, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. not only, okay, you spend more than six months, you're a tax resident. It can also be you have an abode there. You, mm -hmm. you know, it's where you spend the most time. It's where you do this. So you also run the risk that if you don't have a firm residence somewhere, that some country may pop up at some point and say, well, mm -hmm. if you're not a tax resident anyway, we're going to try to make you a tax resident here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the other four big English-speaking countries, so excluding the U.S., and that'll be Canada, U.K., Australia, New Zealand, and that, that is indeed the case. In many cases, you have to demonstrate that you are bona fide tax resident somewhere else, otherwise fall back rules would apply. And some of the European countries as well, for example, I, I think Italy and uh, but the banking is, it's real. And, and just like you said, it's becoming more and more common. We have clients in Southeast Asia, which is where we're more based that have serious problems when they try to repatriate money or they want to move back to the European country of origin or back to Canada or whatever. If they, if they've been moving around Southeast Asia, living that nomad lifestyle. And therefore, they may not have been filing tax returns. So there's no, right. what the bank back in Europe is telling, we have no way of verifying this money is legitimate. For sure. So, it, you know, so therefore, you, even though we know you were born here, you had this bank account since you were 17 years old, you, we will, it, you know, it goes into a suspense account and then they push it back because it yep. doesn't pass the air about, you know, test, anti-money laundering test. So it, it is real banking concerns. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. I mean, the, the banking, the banking concerns are real, right? And I mean, with, with, without, yeah. without banking, you can't do anything. Exactly, exactly. So if you're a six, seven or eight figure investor, entrepreneur or business owner who needs a tailor made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.